Yeah, hey, welcome back to Fully Equipped. It's just Jay Wall and RB. We got a lot to talk about. No Fully Equipped hotline this week. Just a heads up for those of you that love to hear those voicemails. We'll get back at it soon. And I'm thinking we're going to be doing a all voicemail edition of the Fully Equipped hotline for Fully Equipped. That's uh, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. So anyway, we'll get to that. RB, how you doing, man? I'm good. We got pro golf back again. I mean, not that I mean Australia was great last week. We saw um, there's always pro golf. It's it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You just have to you just have to find it on at different hours of the day. That's right. Um, Minwoo Lee just obliterated the field in Australia, which is pretty cool. Um, He's been cooking. Let Min let Minwoo cook. He. He's got what two wins in his last like four or five starts, I think. It's amazing how much speed he has. Like it, it, it is crazy. Like he's not a big dude. Um, he is something that I strive for as far as like the ability to create speed. Um, my biggest thing is like, you know, do, uh, when I do my speed training, I've like I kind of feel like I've plateaued, which sucks. And I'm just watching. I'm like, God, maybe I just need to go to Australia. Maybe if I like get myself the other side of the equator, gravity will help. Like just all of a sudden, like pick my swing speed up. I don't know if that's true or not, but it's like a sales pitch that I'm going to make so I can go down there someplace and play some sandbell golf. But either way. <laughs> you know he has a 10X shaft in his three-wood? That's insane. That's got to be one of the stiffest options. Like the only time... It's got to be. Do you remember when Gary Woodland... Was it Woodland? When, when Woodland, Woodland was with Callaway for like a short period of time, they built him like a steel shafted like XR. Oh, yeah. Yep. And... Yes, I remember that. It was not. It was like not a very long-lasting experiment because the steel shafts can't even get close to the stiffness of the graphite. But they tried it <laughs> just because of the weight. I think it was just because of the weight. They wanted to see what would happen and build it at a shorter length. Yeah. I, next time I see him, I'm going to ask him, or I'm going to ask the Callaway guys. There's got to be a, an interesting story there. I think it was XR, wasn't it? Was it the XR Fairwoods? I feel like I've seen a picture of them like putting the thing yeah, on, it was. cutting it, and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was. I got lucky because I have a, anyway. I've got a, a stockpile now for all the sickos. Don't don't be asking for these things. Uh, of X one hundred wood shafts, like the three three five ones. I think I got three or four yep. of them from a, uh, a a special stash, secret stash. So uh, I've I've debated putting them in in certain golf clubs, but I don't ever want to like waste one. <laughs> That's the only thing. It's like, you only got one, like you're kind of, it's like, you know, what do you do with it? Right. If you put it in something, yeah, you're like, ah, yeah. sh- poop. I, I, I never going to get that one back to driver length ever again. I love how you, you just quickly changed to poop there. We could say shit on this podcast. I'm, I'm a non, I'm a non, mostly non swear on the, on, on media. You, you Canadians are so nice. Don't get me on you a golf even, course without a microphone. Say. Let me tell you, I'm the worst person to myself ever. I'm worse than Matt Wallace to his own caddy. Oh, uh, you're you, you go Terrell Hatton, huh? Oh yeah, yeah, I really do. Um, oh yeah, all right. But it's it's only in the confines of I know someone's not recording something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna have a secret camera the next time the next time we play golf. Uh, all right, back to the business though. Tiger's in the field this week. Her World Challenge. It's Tiger's event. Tiger gave himself an exemption. I love when people ask him about that, and he's like, "Well, the, the you know the tournament director gave uh, gave an exemption to himself." I just find it funny. It's kind of going back to when he was the the President's Cup captain, and he he talked about himself in in third person when he was giving uh, when he was going to give himself a spot on the team. Anyway, 
Tiger back in the field means a couple of things. It means we get a chance to see if he's healthy. Can he play 72 holes? And what the heck does he have in the golf bag? What the heck does he have on his feet? There's a lot to talk about, RB. Mystery shoes. You know how many, I know, I'm sure you get it probably worse than I do because you post more about this stuff. But like I had five or six people on Instagram like freeze framing video from like golf channel and from other posts on social media. I mean like what's on his feet? And I'm like, I'm not a sneaker guy, but I have no freaking idea. It looks sneaker heads are, are obsessed. They love it, which is, I mean, I it's great because oh, yeah. it's not my yeah. specialty. Yeah. It really isn't my specialty, yeah. but I mean, yeah, it looks yeah. like a foot joy. <laughs> well, so, okay. It's interesting. This is, so if we want to go back a little bit, uh, go back to the masters tiger shows up wearing a, a set of, uh, the foot joy premier Packard shoes. It's a super stable shoe. And everybody started wondering, we've talked about it on the spot. Like why, why didn't Nike make this guy a golf shoe? Like, can you not make him a more stable shoe? Tiger has gone through the, the, the Nike freeze and a lot of shoes that gave his foot a lot of, a lot of movement so he could feel the ground and, now he needs something based on the injuries he's had and the, the surgeries. He needs something more stable. So he goes into the foot joys and there's actually some interesting stories here. I don't know if I want to get into this. What do you know, J-Dub? What do you know? <laughs> so the rumor mill told me that Tiger didn't wear, and I've heard this from multiple sources, that Tiger did not wear uh, Nikes when he came back because uh, Jordan was getting deep into the golf shoe scene and Tiger kind of felt like that was his turf. So as a way to, to sort of say, Hey, look, like, here we go. I love you're you're going to, you're going to let MJ sort of encroach on my turf. I'm not going to wear the shoes. Now that was, that was the initial story I heard. Tiger shows up on, as we're recording this on a Wednesday, he shows up yesterday on, on Tuesday, he did a press conference. He shows up in a pair of black spikes. And, and I started getting just kind of like you started getting DMS. People wanted to know what, what the heck is this shoe? What's going on here? And so I started doing my usual, like Getty zoom in, like, what can we find? What can we find? And there's no markings on the shoes, but some there, what we have the, like the general group is called sneakerheads. There are those that are diehards to particular brands, Nike, uh, Adidas, whatever like that's that's your scene and there were a couple guys on instagram that were pointing out that these black spikes were most likely a nike prototype and then a couple of them were pointing out the why like they could see the nike lunar lawn which is um kind of there in the base of the shoe it was something that that nike created that they had used in in previous nike golf shoes it there were some clues that led you to believe that it was a nike shoe but nike hasn't come out and said anything there's been no confirmation. I, I can't get anybody to, to give me any sort of confirmation. Now, here's the funny part. I've never seen a shoe come out and people uh, live in the world of the definitives. This is definitely a Nike shoe. This is definitely a foot joy shoe. And both camps have like, and when I say camps, I mean social media camps. Those who, who champion for foot joy, those who champion for Nike, both sides say this is for sure a foot joy shoe. This is for sure a Nike shoe. And we don't know because... We haven't, there's no swoosh on it. There's no FootJoy logo, but they both they seem to think it's one or the other. Uh, I reached out to FootJoy for a comment, got a no comment. Um, 
it, this is it's fascinating because we don't know. It's a, it's some sort of unmarked prototype. It may not even be a Nike or a Footjoy. It may be something completely different that Tiger's testing and maybe he has his own footwear line coming out. I, go, I don't know. He's going to go Kawhi and just go to New Balance. <laughs> go to New Balance or Dr. Scholl's. He's at the or, age now. He um, can just, no, no offense to all you people out there. He's at the age where like, he's just ready to get in some, like, some New Balance, like some big, big white chunky boys. Um, it's... Yeah. Yeah, I think it is interesting. It, 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 it is. It's interesting. It is for sure. So today, as we record the pod, he shows up for his program. He's wearing uh, not the not the black shoes from yesterday, but a pair of white foot joys. He Tiger is great because he's gonna win. He's gonna get all the pit money locked up in this in this first week. We're all talking about him. It's the shoes. It's the clubs, which we'll get to in a minute. It's his health. It's his thoughts on TGL and the PGA Tour. Tiger is he he's the goat when it comes to generating interest in social media. It's it's totally fascinating to me. To, to your point about the the Nike shoes, like you know, it was only like a month ago we're like Nike doesn't care about golf. <laughs> it's like well, <laughs> it, it is it's they listen to fully equipped. That's it. Maybe that's maybe I I don't want to give ourselves too much credit. Uh we definitely don't deserve it. But I think it, it is funny to think that they it can't it can't be great but I, I mean i also like the theory that he probably like the jordan brand was like sneaking into golf and he didn't like that if that is true i think it's great um like are they still boys i know like i know they used to be boys back in like the vegas days um i don't i don't think so but i I, I, don't, don't, I don't it doesn't seem like yeah. it right like you know all the a lot of guys like what is it uh jt and um i know don luke donald's like, like another guy like he's a jordan guy like they go hang out at the grove like the golf course he's got don't hear not, don't hear much about Tiger heading over there to like play golf or check it out. So um, I, I just like that. I mean, don't get, I, I'm not like a big like rumor like personal whatever drama stuff, but it's like it's kind of funny. I think it's really funny either way. Um, I it's great. It's this is a, this is a quiet time of the year, man. I mean, it, we've got some like real meaty fodder for uh, a late November podcast. I just so thank you, Tiger. I just wish those like the the 2013. Uh, freeze that they did the T dubs. I, oh, yeah. I wish they did them in a wide. Please, like, hey, look, if, if Nike's listening again and they just made a shoe for Tiger just because we like blabbered about it, I'm just gonna say this: a nine like wide, extra wide in a pair of those would be sick. <laughs> the RB edition, because yeah, because there's no, they don't do a wide anywhere. Um, <laughs> which is funny, actually. Speaking of shoes, I thought it was um, was it Morgan Hoffman was talking about it. He said yeah. he walks around so much in his bare feet when he's at home that he couldn't wear like the normal shoes that he used to wear all the time. He has to get a wider shoe because his like foot um, like literally like stretched out, which I thought was, which I thought was really interesting because he was a guy who would always wear like the narrow E kind of like dress shoe style shoe. Um, you know, pretty laid back guy, but like from as far as a dresser was concerned, he was a, uh, I believe he was an early Grayson guy. I think he was one of the early Grayson guys, if not like part, was. like part founder of it. Yeah, so you're right. Yep. So to think that you'd be very much again classically golf styled, and then you're like I can't, I literally can't get my feet into them anymore, which I thought was, I just think it, it's, it's such a unique part of golf equipment because it is equipment. Like that's the thing that I think we kind of gloss over sometimes is the shoe is a piece of equipment, and you, t- I mean, you tested um, the insole, like the 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 insole that Harrington yeah, the was victory. using. Yep. It's it yeah. is it is a part that we don't. Like if you, if you're if you're a hockey guy, and I used to, and I'm not a like I'm not a big equipment hockey guy, but I would see like 
oh man, like these goalie pads were made by this factory in Canada because like this is where the tour, like literally tour issue goalie equipment. And this is where the retail equipment, goalie equipment comes from, which is like, I think it's very, very funny. And it comes, it happens the same with like skates and other pieces of like hockey equipment. I think it kind of exists in probably a lot of other sports, but we, we, there's so much about it that we don't talk about when it comes to golf shoes, but they are even like Lee Hodges. We talked about, he like messed, changed his spikes up based on the way that he like swung the golf club. Like there is a performance element to shoes and to think that like, what is Tiger messing with? Like, what are they working on? Like, are they, do they get them on swing cat? Are they doing any of this stuff? Like, well, how does this relate to equipment? And then, you know, the rest of it is like the actual equipment, but the shoe is a, is a focal point, which I think we do talk about, but sometimes we don't always give it the credit it deserves. Oh, for sure. And Tiger talks about it a lot where the, the swing starts from the ground up, you know, and it's like, he's got to, he's got to feel like he has that control with his feet when he's taking swings and he's not swinging like he used to in his prime, but he still has his, you know, what he calls his quote unquote feels. And it, it all starts from the base and works its way up. And if something feels off as he's going from his feet up, then it's like, okay, what's going on? What, what's different here? So I do think that he's trying to find a stable shoe. I would not be surprised if that, that all black prototype is a, a Nike prototype because I think they're probably tired of hearing people like us talk about it on podcasts and it's already out there on social media. Everybody wonders why the heck he can't get a Nike shoe. And I just think it's because his needs have changed and they need to, to pivot from what they were doing before. And it's, it's not so much an athletic shoe for tiger. It needs to be super stable. And I think there are things about the foot joy shoes that he's wearing currently that he likes. And so it's like, how can you incorporate those things into a Nike shoe, whether it ever comes out at retail, who the heck knows? I mean, Tiger talked about in a perfect world, he'd play one time a month in 2024. That would be 12 starts. Could you imagine Tiger playing 12 times in 2024? Be kind of shocking. I, I just, I can't even imagine it. Yeah, it's, that'd be best case scenario, obviously. Uh, and we'll see how this week goes. But yeah, it's, it is a very fascinating story to your, to your point. You know, this is a part of the gear that we normally don't talk about, but it is very important. And I think Tiger's highlighting that with, with all of these shoe changes and testing and things he's doing this week. And speaking of, look at this, here we go. We just launched right into the transition. He does have the new driver in play. We talked about it from the Bridgestone shoe. Ah. Was it the VF from uh, graphite design? I can't, I'm, I'm terrible with the initials. People, people message me. The, are you, are you, uh, so it's the graphite design tour ADVF. Yes. It's the same. It's the same driver shaft that Justin Thomas switched to in Napa and, and JT had two drivers that week. He had his standard driver and he had uh, a longer, a slightly longer version with the ADVF. Now both drivers did not have the ADVF. It was just the longer version. It was a five X. It was a lighter, it was a lighter shaft for him. And he had talked about it that week. Look, I, you know, this is probably a driver I'm going to use maybe a handful of times during the season. It's going to depend on the golf course. He used it right out of the gate that week. He used it at the Ryder Cup. It's still in the bag. He and Tiger are friends. And I guarantee you that, they, that they've been talking. They've been discussing the shaft. Tiger's been interested. But Arby, here's something that I, that I find fascinating. I want to get your take as, as a fitter. So Tiger was a longtime tour ADDI guy. And Tour ADDI, if you go to Graphite Design's website, ADDI is uh, higher launch, low spin. And now we're seeing Tiger going to ADVF, which is actually still pretty similar, low spin, but it's way lower launch. I actually am, am a little bit confused by this. 
And I'm wondering if maybe, and we haven't heard from Tiger at all, but I wonder what was behind this change because for a guy who's actually swinging it slower than than he had when he was playing ADDI, ADDI, I would have figured he would have tried to keep launch up, not go to a lower launching shaft. I'm looking at, um, and, and Graphite Design does a good job uh, kind of detailing. They have a, a chart on their website, which... Yep, that's the one that I'm referencing. Yeah, when people yep. when people ask me like what what do certain shafts what are they supposed to do, or what are they designed intended to do originally, right? Um, sometimes it's harder. I know Mitsubishi's done a good job as well with like kind of focusing on like brand brand profiles and helping people understand like where the stiffness kind of lies in the shaft and what the software areas are. But to just put it in a graph like the way Graphite Design does it, I really like it. Um, and again, I'm looking at it right now. I think the biggest thing is. For him, it's I think it honestly just probably comes down to feel. Like he's probably swinging more with his his hands. I know it sounds that's like maybe that's a bad turn of phrase, but he's probably he feels like he wants something that's a little stiffer, right? Um, and I know we noticed it when we did. I've, I've talked about it multiple times. The TR red yeah. was not the shaft that I expected to hit. I was always like a blue or a black. Got into that one, which is the quote unquote high launch high launch shaft. Although the whole profile, the whole like line is relatively lower launch. And it was the one that actually launched the lowest and worked the best for me. And it's the same thing. I used to use a hazardous uh, black, which I still like, I really like. But in fact, the shaft that matches up best with the driver that I'm using has been a hazardous RDX red, which are people are like, well, how did you go from like the high launch to the, the, or the low launch to the high launch? I'm like, well, technically the butt profile is very similar. It's kind of the mid. And for me, that's what I like to feel. That's what I notice. So for Tiger, if he's again using more upper body and really trying to generate speed from his, his hands, having something that's very stable in that in that lower part or the underneath the grip, I guess, quote like quote unquote. I'm again very generalized. Shafts are a weird area to talk about. But to have that <laughs> part of the golf shaft feel like it's not getting uh, overly loose. It's not feeling like it's unstable. I think for him is probably the thing that it's really helping him create a feel, load into the ball properly. And, you know, we speculated, would he go to the, like the less fade driver? Would he go to like, um, you know, the, the would be considered like a core model of whatever it is, but he's got the, was the I, I QI 10 LS. Right? 10 LS. Yeah, um, same one that Tommy it. Fleetwood and and Rory McIlroy used for the very first time in Dubai. So Tiger's now, from what I know, he's the third staffer to to switch to the new driver right away. But he's got an older. Boats well, he's, I would think. He's still got the older Fairywood in the bag. Someone sent me a picture. I'm gonna try. I, I can't remember what what is it. It's a uh, shoot. Well, if it's if it's still the if it's still Tiger from like when we last saw him. It's gonna it's gonna be the the sim titanium in the three wood and the M three in the five wood. I mean that was his old that was his old setup. I'm guessing it's still the same thing. Yeah, he's still got that sim fairy wood. I mean, yeah, the sim fairy wood, the sim tie, the OG. And um for the we talked about it so much. It is it is a missile launch. Like that is probably one of the lowest spin fairy woods that I've ever hit. There's some really cool stuff coming from some other companies that I'm not going to talk about that are, might, aren't necessarily lower spin, but more playable um, that I'm a huge fan of. <laughs> Here's a big tease. Um, <laughs> but that is that is still one of my favorite fairways because it just it performs the way that it's supposed to. And if uh, with a fairway, unlike a driver or a putter, you're supposed to hit down. And when you hit down, ideally off the fairway, you're or off the fairway, sorry, you're going to create a little bit more spin. 
So for someone who needs spin reduction and is a faster ball speed player, it is insanely good very good for that type of golfer. Um, so there's a, there is, there's a bit of new and, and still some old in his golf bag, which goes to show you, you use what works. Yeah, for sure. Um, speaking of tailor-made drivers, another one showed up on the conforming list and I'll, I'll cop to this. I saw it. I posted it. I questioned if maybe this was like the core model driver didn't even really look close enough. And that's on me, but there was, <laughs> there was a dedicated weight in the heel. Tiger's not using a draw bias product, <laughs> uh, but it, I think it does confirm for everybody out there that there's going to be an HD model in the lineup, which uh, no surprise because TaylorMade's had a lot of success with those draw bias products. And um, somebody mentioned, and I, I actually think it's it's not a bad idea. Maybe it's for Nelly Corda to test. I was just going to say that she, she was trying to. I was HD. just yeah. going to say that because the uh, I think she's going to be playing in the uh, the mixed event coming up pretty soon. Um, yep, and that makes a lot of sense. She's going to be playing in the the PNC, which is I think it's such it's so funny. Um, yeah, we did not we did not plan for that. I was just about to say. It's probably for Nelly, but uh, yeah, you, you cut me, you, you cut my idea right off. That was good. Um, but no, cause she did go back. She was, she, you know, unfortunately went back to a, a Titleist driver at one point during the year, one of the majors. Um, yep. And it is interesting to see that you, would, I, I, again, I think they got something going with this driver to get guys or players in general, like switching early. There's something to it. Um, but you know, it's, 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 how does it perform for individuals? Right. And I think someone like Rory to, to switch and obviously like he pounded the hell out of the driver, uh, Tiger's going to be very curious to watch this week. And for players who are at that, like mid swing speed, right. We always talk about like the separation of like, there is obviously product meant for tour and product meant for other players. Um, but to, to have something that would be generally quote unquote fit for the, the like moderate swing speed players, to see someone like Nelly using it, I think is is going to be very interesting because um, if there was anything with the with the stealth product, it was always like very very low spin. I think to the point where in some cases it was like too low spin for some players. Um, so if they've kind of like found this middle ground for for those players in that moderate spinky category, I think it's, it could be it could work wonders really. Yeah, I, I don't think we're going to see a lot of changes from TaylorMade in their in their like lineup from what we're used to seeing from them in, uh, in recent years, we're going to still get a core model. You're going to still get a low spin, still get a draw bias product. I haven't seen the core yet, but you, you can't imagine. I mean, I'm pretty sure you can figure out what it's going to look like. And you just connect this dot to, very long. to this dot, to this dot. <laughs> yeah. It's probably gonna look, it's yeah. like the Venn diagram of like, this yeah, is this yeah. one and this is this one. And somewhere in the middle, it probably yeah. looks something like this. Yeah. Uh, the only other change that I wanted to point out for Tiger's gear, the lead tape is back in the cavity of his Scotty Cameron Newport 2 GSS. It's something that we've typically seen from Tiger when he goes over to the Open Championship. Uh, Tiger's always said that he likes to add weight to his putter head on slower greens. But for whatever reason, he's adding it back. And, and I have a couple of hypotheses on this, and I, I want to get your take too, RB. You know, he went to a longer putter at one point. And I'm wondering if he just liked the overall feel of the longer putter with the lead tape. And then it's like, oh, well, now I'm going to go back to my regular standard length at 35, but I'm going to keep the lead tape on there. I, I Again, Tiger with his, with his feel, there's got to be something there because, you know, the greens in, in Albany 
in the Bahamas, uh, like there's, there's not a lot of, <laughs> there's not a lot of shaggy greens there. So there's, there's gotta be another reason to it. And I, I got a fe- I got a feeling that it's tiger just likes the feel of that additional weight in the, in the back cavity. This is a very, very dumb hypothesis. Um, but I'll, I, I'm willing to like throw it out there. Um, one is just trying something that is a little bit heavier. Just again, he says he practices a lot. I don't know what he does or doesn't do. Um, I will say there was someone spotted uh, a flow neck Soto tailor-made insert putter. Um, so he had two putters in the bag. Um, there were some stuff floating around, but I think he was just kind of messing around with it. Maybe he's doing tailor-made a favor. I don't know. Um, another hypothesis I'm throwing out there. I'm sure no one's really going to like that. I said that, but um, <laughs> the um, just for a, from a field perspective, if he, if he's maybe using it off the greens or something like that, just wants something heavier, but okay, here's my dumb hypothesis. So obviously he's to create speed, he needs upper body and he's never really had an issue with injury uh, with his upper body. Obviously his back has been an issue, but have you ever, have you ever like, like lifted weights and like picked up something really light and been like, this, this doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right. And I've done it with golf clubs before where I'm like, I'm working on like speed training and then I go grab a driver and I literally can't hit it. Like it feels so odd because it's light. I don't feel the load pattern, all that stuff. Maybe it's just like he just feels like he needs something just a little bit heavier to like find that that feel. If he's again, if he's like just absolutely pounding weights just to to keep up his upper body strength, he's certainly not lacking it. Um, to, to use a very light putter, it's it's really uncommon um, to use something that's like sub three hundred and thirty grams, which is what he's got now. Um, so even just to get it up a little bit, and the other thing too, Charlie's messing around with all kinds of putters. I think he's got a Scotty Cameron of some sort. I think it's a Terrillium or whatever. Now, just like, to be fair, I'm sure, you know, Taylor made made some really cool proto stuff for Charlie when he was younger, the little carved out blades and everything, which looks so sick. Um, If he's rolling Charlie's putter, which might be most likely in all cases, shorter and heavier, and he's caddying for him all the time, um, which is great exercise because he's getting those, getting those steps in. He, he rolls a couple of putts at that putter. He's like, maybe I should like add some lead tape to my old one, right? <laughs> it's it's a weird theory, but not I don't a know. Bad, I'm it's not a bad thought. I'm willing yeah. to throw it out yeah. there because I think Charlie uses a very similar putter, like a Newport 2 style. And if it's heavier and he's, he's messing around, why not? I'm going to stick with that. That's what it is. He's messing with Charlie's putter, wants to go heavier, and I think that's where it came from. I love it. it th- this is a dumb podcast, so there are no dumb hypotheses on on, uh, on this fair pod. So I I... I Plant your flag, RB. I think that's a. I think that's an interesting one. I, I can't think of any other reason. Like, if you're using for, yeah. if you literally use thing for thirty something years, almost, like just to, to. And obviously, he's gone back and forth a little bit, but to to try it again, I have a feeling. You know, again, probably it's not like Charlie's carrying around Tiger's extra putter when they go to events. <laughs> so, I'm sure he's yeah. picking one up and kind of giving it a wiggle. Right? Everyone does it when they're when they're playing with other golfers. All right. I want to transition from Tiger's gear back to drivers. Can we talk about one more putter and thing first? Yeah, for sure. Go for the it. The Ping PLD special edition head only display with all the major <laughs> putters. I posted about that. I saw it. It looks so cool. Yeah. I'm not like a bit. It's I'm awesome. not a collector guy. Now, I did just get the Putter Goes Ping book. Uh, a good friend sent that to me. Um, called it. He said it was an early Christmas gift, and I told him he's an idiot because he shouldn't have sent me the book. Um, but if you're like a, a golf, like you like equipment, you like his history, this is not an ad for the book. I just absolutely love 
the book and like what it's was, a massive coffee table. It book. is it is huge. When it showed up, yeah. I couldn't he didn't he kind of didn't tell me that it was coming. And this like flat pack box comes. And I was like, what the hell is in this box? It's not rattling, it's not <laughs> metal or anything like that. And it's so heavy. And this I'm pretty sure the book probably weighs like 12, 13 pounds. It, it's a hardcover, beautiful gloss paper book uh, that dives into everything ping. But to see that they are doing what they did this year with the major run putters and doing a head only display of all of the putters in this really cool case. And I posted about it and yes, I think it's like $4,800 There's only 30 of them made. But the thing that, which I think got overlooked by people is if you buy one of these things, you get the PLD custom fit, like at ping fitting the tour fitting. Oh yeah. And you get your own putter, which I think at the going rate is like 12 or 12 or $1,500. The custom's fifteen, yeah, fifteen hundred bucks. So in reality, you're paying like thirty five hundred bucks for four really cool like custom display PLD putters, anyways, and then you get your own. That's that's not a pretty that's a pretty good deal. I mean, don't get me wrong. Pink, Pink thanks you for uh, for for trying to to <laughs> five thousand dollars is still a lot of money. Okay, I'm up. not saying it's not. It is. It is still an a lot insignificant of money. amount yeah. of money. There's only thirty five sets of these. That's there, the thing. There's. Oh yeah, thirty-five display cases. I actually saw the the heads RB when I was in Phoenix for our uh, for our player testing, and I saw the display case. It looks really nice. I mean, this is it's it's a proper yeah. Like, Ping's not going to just trot this stuff out just to make some extra cash. Like they're going to do it right. And and this this whole display case and the putter heads they look they it's something that you, you could put in your office and it's going to be a conversation piece for sure. Ping Ping has definitely um, gotten, I think they've done like limited releases in the past and they've done some really cool stuff. But I think once, but good or bad, like once you get the attention of flippers, that you're on to something, right? Scotty Cameron's been doing it for years. Swag's been doing it for years now. Bettinardi's been doing it for years. Once you get the attention of the flippers, that's when you know you, you've really locked into a target market that is really finding your products desirable. And when they did the Javi putter, when they did the, 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 the major putters this year, once they were released, you yep. start to see them show up in the secondhand market very quickly. Oh, I'm not condoning the fact that people are just, I hate, I hate flippers. I know I'm not, if you're a flipper out there. I got, I got, I got some words for you, but <laughs> Hey, more power to you for earning some extra cash off, off something that, you know, you bought for one and sold for three or four X, but exactly. God, I hate them. But, uh, I think to, that goes to show there is a market. People really do enjoy finding this stuff. And I, the only one that I saw in person this year was the, I went to the, when I went to the PGA, they had the, uh, the Sluman, which I think was the zing. And, uh, I was like, man, I, that is really cool. Like to, to think that they would 3d scan the original putters, refine just the looks. Cause it is a rougher casting and then put it, produce it like really, truly reproduce it in a milled form to me is just like, it's, it's the stuff club nerds are die for. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Okay. I want you to, to dive into something that a lot of people found very fascinating this week. So if you don't follow RB on Instagram, what are you doing? He's at RDS breath, B A R A T H. And in addition to all the great, like, Build shop. I call it build shop content because that's sort of our franchise for it. But he also is doing some magic tricks over on his on his Instagram page where he is he's getting driver heads and he is somehow getting them to 
to like almost like it looks like they're levitating in the air until you look and see that there's a there's a, a nail right underneath the face yeah it's a little flat and people head are wondering like what yeah people think that you're like you're there's some sort of trickery going on like where where's you know what's what's your what's your trick rb but there's really nothing there you're just showing something very important and what the hell is that yeah it's uh just finding basically finding the sweet spot like it is Every time there, there, there's a number of times that I post pictures or video, people just think that it's some sort of trick or I don't do it, which is why I've shown like, watch, give me 15 seconds. I'll balance this thing on a, on a flathead nail or a finishing nail, which has like a slightly smaller um, head on it. But there's, there's really no secret to it. And it's just something that you can do to locate the center of gravity projection. So it's the sweet spot or AKA the nerdy version of it is the, center of gravity projection through the face relative to the loft. So um, as the loft changes, obviously that will change because the angle relative to the center of the club head where the center of gravity is, is going to be different. But what this does, it shows you where to hit it and where gear effect starts to take place. So if you hit it right in the absolute center, and I've seen, I think it was a video, there was like super high speed video of like Charlie Hoffman hitting a driver at one point, and he hit it absolutely dead off of this off the middle of the club base and there was zero gear effect the thing just went like straight through um whereas when you see those high speed shots where like it's off the toe or it's off the heel and there's this massive amount of rotation well that's the 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 driver's forgiveness kind of kicking in and wanting to rotate and get the club back to where it was so all i'm doing is showing people where the sweet spot is on their driver. Now, yes, some people chimed in and said, shouldn't you do it with the tip in? And yes, you can do it. It does alter it a little bit. But if you start moving the, the mass around on the, on the if you have a driver with movable weight, you will see a difference in where it's supposed to line up. And it's the great debate. And we've talked to Gene, Gene has mentioned this a number of times. We've talked to fitters about this. Chris has mentioned it as well. But there's two theories of thought. Let's say you draw the, or you're a you're a drawer of the golf ball, or sorry, you're a fader of the golf ball, but you hit it out on the toe. So what do you do? Do you move the mass into the heel to help with extra gear effect, or do you place it out on the toe to put more mass behind where you're making contact? It depends on the player. It depends on their path into the golf ball. But this is where the weight of like mo weight movement in a driver is not one size fit all. Uh, yes, if you fade the golf ball, in most cases you're going to want to put it in the heel. But if you're a, if you're someone like my myself, like I tend to miss low on the heel, but I again I hit a fade, or sometimes I'll hit it high on the toe and I'll still hit a fade just because my swing path is so across it. Well, that's the case. If I'm a fader, I'm still going to put it out on the toe because that's where I make contact. So it's it's a different way to think about the way you use the weights on the driver, and all and again it just shows you where you should hit it because anything below that point going to launch higher and spin more and everyone thinks so you got to launch every, you know it's kind of an antiquated thought at this point i don't think most people think about this but you you see like oh i gotta hit this like low bullet when in fact you actually have to hit it higher with less spin so when you hit those low bullets off the face anything below that dot where you put it is going to you're going to start to see that lower launch and higher spin so it's just a way for players to visualize where you need to hit it on the club face and yes in most cases it is the almost basic geometric center of the club face, but it not, isn't always, it isn't always. And I think that's an important thing to note, which is why we, uh, we do the little magic trick. People probably wanted to know, can they do that at home? Oh yeah. Can they, can they grab the driver head and just work some magic? I, I had two, I had two people send me pictures. They're like, Hey, I, I did it with my own driver. And it's, <laughs> 
as long as you're willing to just hey, take it's, the time. It's not. It's not. Uh, it's not like CGI or something like it's that. It's not rocket science. It really isn't. It's just like, and people are like, oh, it's fake. I'm like, it's not fake. It's right there. Like, it's it's so simple. Like, it's impossible to balance. I'm like, no, it's really easy. It's actually. It just takes a little bit of time and a little bit of patience. And as long as the nail head is flat and you like basically level, you can kind of find that spot of where it's going to go. If you're really curious and you want to try it without doing it, which is why I put the nail is in a dowel, because if you can put it on the dowel, it, it's a little bit easier to kind of like find the general spot. Um, but you can use a golf tee. Put a golf tee into a into anything, whatever you put it in a loaf of bread. I don't care. Whatever holds it up straight and flat and you take the head off, you can balance the face on there. All you're doing is refining that point with a smaller nail to find exactly where that spot is. But outside of it is really giving you an idea of where you're supposed to hit it and how gear effect works. And um, again, it's just, it's one of those silly things and you can do it with basically, I mean, you can do it with an iron head. Maybe that's what I'll do it later. I'll find an iron head and do it with that. But um, it just goes to show that there is so much about understanding what that club face does. Cause we've seen it, we've seen it with um, the way Callaway designs their club faces using AI to help with ball speed and bulge and roll and all this stuff. Uh, uh, Cobra's done in the past with the E9 face so they had like this variable bulge and roll on the club face Taylor made has twist face Ping has consistency like there's they all use these different ways of uh, utilizing technology and geometry to help with making drivers more forgiving and it's just show just allowing golfers to really just physically put something on there and let it bounce you can do it with anything you can do it with any club in your bag as long as you know the head like the shaft in it you can do it but if you just you know, put a towel down or like, don't do it on the edge of a table. Cause I'm not taking responsibility if it falls off and it hits the floor. Okay. Just there's a disclaimer. <laughs> you know what you could do if you just want to use a golf tee, just get some super glue and, and go to your kitchen and just stick it in a place where your wife can see it. And she knows that this is like your little build shop and you're just, you know, trying to find when she asks you why the hell there's a golf tee stuck to the, to the counter, just tell her, babe, this is my build shop now. It's this is where this is where I find the sweet spot on my driver. I'm sure that'll go over well. I'm not condoning anyone. Jonathan that is a Jonathan piece of advice. I'm not condoning you to 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 put a nail, put a T, put anything into your kitchen counter. Just super glue it to the super counter. Glue, it's, it, it'll glue. it'll stay there. You can just leave it there. It's a conversation piece, just like uh just like the just <laughs> just like the Pink Slam collection putters. That's a people will ask you why you got a golf tee stuck to your counter. I could just, I could just imagine like, it's like, oh no, no, no! It's, it's, uh, it's for displaying the one orange that we have. <laughs> just plunk it on there. My favorite apple. That's right. Before you eat it, just making sure you can expect your app, inspect the apple from all sides. Find, find the it. sweet spot of the apple. That's it. <laughs> oh man, this. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm taking this off the rails. Anyway, uh, I wanted to save, I wanted to save the best topic for last. Oh, what do we got? This is one thing. This is one that gets everybody fired up. Yeah, RB is like, oh gosh, because he knows what's coming. So, uh, John Huggin from over at uh, at Golf Digest had a chance to speak with the RNA CEO Martin Slumbers, and Martin Slumbers is right there with the USGA in trying to come up with a a response to this incredible distance we've been seeing in the game of golf. And the USGA and the RNA came out a few months ago and announced that they were considering the possibility of implementing uh, an MLR, which is a model local rule, which would mean that uh, 
for specific golf tournaments that chose to to implement this MLR, you would use a golf ball that they were they were still trying to kind of figure out like what it would look like, but a golf ball that that helped roll back curtail distance. Let's call it that. Um, and let's just say that the response from professional golfers and the the PGA Tour, who said that they were still willing to work with the USGA and the RNA, but they were not gonna um, they were not going to accept this proposal if it was to become a thing. Uh, they were not the only ones. There are plenty of golfers out there, just regular weekend golfers who who were fired up. And I know RB sitting over here quietly because I know you're you're on the other side, but um, this is getting a little long winded. But the reason why is because I just want to set the table here because uh, John Huggins speaking to Martin Slumbers. Martin said, and I quote unequivocally, "The ball is going further than it did 15 years ago." And I see no reason to doubt it will not continue to do so. I've long been of this view. And for a long time, I had to keep it private. But once we published our distance report at the start of this process, I was very clear that for the good of the game, we need to address this issue. From that point of view and from an environmental point of view, we have to do something. We have to be very clear as and the CEO, Mike Wan at the USGA also said, there are only three options. We can bifurcate, you can change the whole game, or you can do nothing. And doing nothing is not an option we stand by. Now, this is important because the three options he offered up here are bifurcation, which means having a golf ball for the professionals and for the weekend golfers. You can change the game as a whole, which is also another option, or you can do nothing. Well, they're not going to do nothing. And this is where you now have two options. So let's go to his next quote because this is where things get really interesting. So he says, the game was not happy, and this is what he's talking about when they came out with the initial proposal for a model local rule ball. The game was not happy with the model local rule. There was a view that it could create a bifurcated game at the elite level. It was a very strong pushback against that. The PGA Tour was very public about it. So was the PGA of America, and a number of players spoke out, and it is our job to listen. But our responsibility is to the long-term future of the game, along with the USGA the RNA is a custodian of the game. We're responsible for our period of time, something that has gone on for hundreds of years, and we will go on for hundreds more. So we are listening, and we have made a decision about what we are going to do. We're working through that at the moment, and we will make it public before the end of the year. So, RB, taking all of this into... We're, we're, we're taking all of his comments, and we're trying to, to read the tea leaves here. There are two options. He's saying bifurcation is is one that they had considered, but nobody wants it. So what does that leave us? If they're making an announcement for the end of the year, I'm thinking they're removing the MLR and they're going to create a, a golf ball rollback for all. Buckle up. It's going to get crazy. You know, this is, I'm going to do the, uh, you know, the news thing. We're like, okay, we'll be back just after this. Um, but this debate, and it's funny because if uh, looking at the, like the old golf magazine archives, which if you're an Inside Golf member, you can check out. And by the way, if you're an Inside Golf member and you're very curious, we have a big trip planned for Pinehurst, which means you get to play the golf course beef the week. Are we going on that trip? The week we before the U.S. If I keep plugging it, maybe the people above me will let me go to this thing. You get to go play <laughs> Pinehurst. Everyone wants to say, what's it like playing a major before the pros get, get a hold of the golf course? Well, here's your freaking chance, folks. It's a whole experience to, to explore Pinehurst. Uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. Um, so you can hit a golf.com and check that out. It is a, it's, it's, it's a, I'm not going to lie. 
it's not an inexpensive trip, but it is a once in a lifetime opportunity to be able to experience Piners, experience the golf course, experience a whole bunch of other stuff around the the event um, that week. So you can head over to golf.com. And if you're looking for archival stuff, you join Inside Golf. You can read all the old back issues of Golf Magazine going back even to the 1950s. And I can tell you right now, I've found articles and I've shared them within our group about the rollback. And people type, but does the golf ball go too far? Does this distance debate? Are would, our medals, like our our metal golf clubs becoming too forgiving? It is this funny, really, thing that's gone on forever. But the, the, the leaders in golf look like they're actually going to do something. And as I've said, uh, I think they should do something. Um, you know, it is it to the point where when we talk about, and it, it, this is where the aerodynamics element of this and the, the car analogy plays such a big role that I like to use because for a car to go 100 miles an hour, you need, say, 100 horsepower. That is that is a very, I know it's not true, but it's like the, the general kind of version of it. But to get to 200 miles an hour, you don't need 200 uh, horsepower. You need like 400 horsepower, 500 horsepower, because the resistance to the air is is so much greater that you have to have greater input because the resistance is so much more at those higher speeds because a car can only be so aerodynamic. And with a golf ball, I think this is where if you're someone who swings at 80 miles an hour, if the golf ball is creating extra lift at a faster speed, it could actually benefit golfers to hit it in the air more. Because we've seen it with the the uh, the Callaway golf ball that is actually bigger. It's bigger by like five percent, which is really funny if you actually look at these golf balls next to a normal one. Um, not only is the center of gravity higher because the golf ball is bigger, so it's easier to get up in the air, but it, it for faster swing speed, it's it's actually shorter, right? And I don't think they're going to make the golf ball bigger, but it is a point where I'm very interested to see how companies are going to react to this because all of for tight like again. Titleist players, not just, not just Titleist players, but other players have said, like, we're worried about, like, what this means because it's always, like, you can go buy the same golf ball the pros use, right? Well, <laughs> they called their bluff and said, okay, you want to play at the pros play? Everyone gets rolled back, which is kind of, I think, how how uh, how valuable are, like, old school golf balls going to be, right? Like, everyone looks... That's what I was about to say. Start stockpiling all your old golf balls. Everyone, everyone gets excited. Your favorite golf ball. All the per- Panic time. All the persimmon... And like old school club junkie freaks uh, love to be like, yeah, I found this like brand new box of like Titleist professional wound golf balls that have been hermetically sealed and they're they're online for sale for like $200. But uh, are people just going to hoard these golf balls and vacuum pack them and be like, okay, here's my golf 100%. ball 100%. You're going to get pallets. Pallets of them, right? Um, again, I, I think it's it's going to be something where it's just a tweak. It's all it is. It's just it's just a small tweak. I think it's going to be very quick to to for players to get used to this if it if, if it does go through as they're proposing, and for the manufacturers, we've had conversations and I'm not pointing out any single one manufacturer. We talked to every single manufacturer, and let me tell you, they have been preparing for the potential of this. They've got people who are behind the scenes figuring out ways to follow the rules but still maximize distance for players across the board. So. That's their job. Their job is to look at the rules of golf and say, how can we not cheat them, but how can we offer the best performance to players while staying within the rules of golf? So I think for the average golfer, it is going to be something that will be less noticeable than we really do think. Um, I think it could benefit the players at the slowest speed, but it's going to bring a little bit more uh, reining in of that highest level, which I think is, is going to be kind of exciting. 
because they're gonna they're, they're freaking Gordon Sargent hits at 400 yards anyways guys like let's be honest that's that's ridiculous now yes he's an outlier but like do you is that really exciting I don't know yeah but how many of these how many of these guys that absolutely mash it I mean Rory's up there but there there aren't a lot of guys near the near the top when if you look at like driving distance I mean I haven't looked at it recently but it, it feels like the the guys that were trying to get that incredible speed, like the Bryson speed, everybody just tapped out pretty quickly because it's it's difficult to try and and find those game changing gains at that speed and still keep it on the planet. Like most most golfers, most professional golfers have aren't swinging at those speeds. They haven't been swinging at those speeds their entire career. So to make that that massive change and just start ripping at it, like most. Most golfers can't make that change and and make it a permanent one. Um, but RB, the, the one question I have that I think needs to be answered here is what happens if what happens if the manufacturers are like, look, you you change the you change the groove design on the wedges, and that's that's well and good. But you're now dis- you're now telling us that we need to ch- come up with a completely new golf ball. Like, thanks, but no thanks. I mean, could you ever see a scenario where like all like all the manufacturers and all of the like the PGA tour and and the DP World Tour and everybody else out there says, you know what, that's cool, but we're not gonna accept this? I, I don't think so. Um and the reason is obviously they they have been preparing for this. I think players when you have two of the the and then again, so we have three of the, if we have three of the four, because you know the PGA has kind of been like so so on this, but um, you've got the masters who said they will do what the USGA and RNA say. And if the USGA and RNA agree, that's, three I the, still don't know. I, I don't know about that's that. That's three of the four <laughs> majors that are going to be, and those are the biggest, those are the biggest prizes in golf. I don't care what anyone says about the, the FedEx cup. Like, you know, no one's listing off Jack's major championship record and then going, Oh yeah, but he didn't win any FedEx cups. So, uh, <laughs> just, just throwing punches today. Um, <laughs> but the idea that, if, if those are the ones that players want to win and that means the most for what their quote unquote legacy is, then I believe that they, they're going to do it. And we know that these OEMs have been preparing. I'm not singling any one of them because I know they're all doing it. They're all preparing. They've all tested. Golf I know balls. they're preparing, but I just don't, I just don't know if they're, if they're willing to make like this sort of a change. And the, so where was, what I was getting at was um, if you think about the last time a company proposed non-conforming equipment it was callaway and it was with arnold palmer who doesn't love arnold palmer except liquid death apparently water side point but man um what a debacle who doesn't love arnold palmer arnold palmer is the most beloved golfer of all time everyone loves him everyone thinks of him as their little golfing grandpa um and if you're an older generation he was like the swashbuckling cool dude who like would would rip heaters and like smoke drives and like whatever Okay, but to put that into perspective, they had Arnold Palmer saying, let's go out, let's have fun, let's use a driver that is non-conforming. And he got called for it on a, a show at the time, which was pretty popular on, on uh, Golf Channel, which is like the Peter Kessler-like thing, which Peter Kessler was a whole, that's a rabbit hole, I didn't want to go down. Um, but to to ask him, like, why do you think this is the case? And like, he got roasted for it from everybody like the most the most beloved golf guy of all time 
and Callaway got completely spit roasted because they were just like, no, like you can't do this. You're not allowed to do this. These are the rules of the game. This is a game of history. This is a game of tradition, all this stuff. And the rules have changed throughout history. And I think it's just one of those things where nobody wants to look like the company that makes illegal equipment because now all of a sudden everybody in their, their group on the weekend goes, Oh, is that one of those illegal ones? Right. And then, you know, that, that psyche is not, something that goes well with, with the game of golf. It's a weird thing because in, in, you know, recreational softball, everyone's trying to juice their bats and no one gives a crap. Everyone just wants to smoke homers and, you know, go have a beer after. But in golf, there's this weird undercurrent of like things have to be the way they are. And I think that nobody wants to be on the side of non non-conforming because uh, there are companies out there that make non-conforming wedges and they don't, I mean, yes, they create a lot of spin, but like they don't sell. You could market the hell out of them, and they're still not going to sell because no one wants to be the player that uses that. So um, I get, I think it's going to go. I think it, it will go through at some point. It's going to be something that just it just has to happen. Um, there's going to be a major fight. I think I think there's going to be a, a tug of war. It, I agree with you. I think at some point somebody's going to need to relent, but I don't think this is just going to be a a mass acceptance from from all of the major tours and, and all of the manufacturers. I think it, I think this is going to get ugly before we find some sort of middle ground where everybody can agree and move forward. I think the USGA learned its lesson when they went after Carson Solheim for square grooves and they, you know, they, they accused them of producing non-conforming equipment and Carson came back as an engineer and said, no, no, you're measuring grooves wrong. Let me show you what we do. This is what we're doing. This is why our grooves are conforming. And then they were like, uh, and that's what they did. Like that, that was what happened. And so like they had to, you know, basically apologize. They said that those were conforming, but Carson also agreed to produce new stuff. And I think from that lesson, many, many, many years ago, they learned that you can't just change equipment unless you kind of like really figure out what's going on here. And I think the way they've dug into the, the data, the data for the insights and not just professional golf, but as they've said in the, in the insight reports, AJGA and junior golf in the UK and, and amateurs coming up, the, the, the speed and distance at which they are hitting it has gotten to the point from optimization that it is just taking up way too much real estate. And it's also dangerous for the recreational game when you think of not the golf ball doesn't just go farther, but it goes further offline. Um, so I think it, it is one of those things where it's, it's going to change. People will be really mad at one point, but eventually, you know, everyone was pissed off about wearing seatbelts back in the 70s. <laughs> now we just put them on because they're safer. Yeah. Well, but we won't have to wait very long as the as the CEO for the RNA, Martin Slumbers, confirmed. There's going to be an announcement. It'll be before the end of the year. Today is November 29th. And I really hope that they don't wait until right around Christmas to make this announcement. I think it's going to be happening sooner rather than later. So once again, we're going to have a lot to talk about on this podcast. And I think that is a good place to wrap it for episode 218 of Fully Equipped. As always, if you want more gear news from us, you can check us out on the social channels. We are at fully underscore equipped on Twitter, and we are at fully equipped golf on Instagram. Thanks as always for listening to us ramble. 